Blog Talk Radio. Radio show brought to you by Women About Biz, empowering you with the tools and resources to start and grow your very own business. Hello, successful women. This is Trina Newby, your host and business success coach, broadcasting to you live this Monday, February 11th, 2019, and as always, bringing you so much inspiration, motivation, and ways to make your business, your dreams, and your ideas a huge success. Well, ladies, before we get started, we are going to be going live on the Facebook page. And so if you ladies will just hold on, we are going to be again going live on the Facebook page. So don't dial or click off of your phone. Um, because we're going to be bringing the Facebook group, the Women About Biz Facebook group, on live as well. Okay, as you know, this is my goal of proving to all of you business women that we can use technology in so many ways. And the most incredible thing about it all is that this is not um, costing anything to go live on Facebook. Of course, I use the paid version of the blog talk platform. But I, my goal is to be a living example this year. So you ladies, hold on. You're going to hear some silence for just a few seconds, and then we're going to go live on Facebook. Again, we're, we're pushing out live on Facebook. We're having a little bit of difficulty on Facebook this morning. So for those of you who are on the Blog Talk platform and dialed in, just give us a few seconds and we'll be getting started. Okay, we are live here on Successful Woman Radio. Hello, everybody, and hello to all of our beautiful business women out there on Facebook Live and the Women About Biz group. And again, um, a wonderful Monday to all of you who are listening from the Blog Talk platform. This is Trina Newby, your success coach and host of the show. I'm so excited that you guys are here with us today. We have just such a wonderful topic for this month. Now, our theme all of the month of February is a passion to succeed, right? Um, And that's just so very, very important to basically to not only want to be successful, because we can all say that we are successful, right? But to have a passion uh, for success and to succeed in your business is something totally different. It means that you are willing to do what you need to do to start making things happen in your business. And I can't tell you how important that is, right? How important it is for you to have a passion for what it is that you do. And sometimes I've talked to business women who say they have lost their passion, that their passion is not where it used to be with their business. And of course, a lot of things go on that really can make us uh, weary. It can make us dissatisfied. It can make us feel like giving up. And so I'm here today, this Monday, February 11th, to tell you, don't give up. Let's talk about how important it is to be passionate about what it is that you do. Now, today, our hot topic, as we continue all this month to talking about having passion, today, we're going to talk about a passion for follow-up, because I truly believe that it is one of the things that causes us as business women not to succeed when we're lacking that follow-up, that follow-through process. And of course, there are a lot of things, there are a lot of reasons why many of us have a tendency not to follow up or follow through. Now, being transparent, because that's to me the best way for you to learn uh, as your coach is for me to be extremely transparent with you. I don't always do things perfectly. Uh, Well, I've never done things perfectly, you know, but I try to strive for it, but I don't always do things 
things properly either or correct. And there have been many times when I have not followed up on things that I should have followed up on. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later today in the show. Also today in the show, I'm definitely going to be giving you guys um, the five questions uh, for leadership and authority, which is which is key. Now, I'm going to be bringing these questions up every single Monday for you, and trust me, you're going to be looking at these questions in different ways. Your answer is sometimes not always going to be the same. So I'm going to be giving you the five questions of leadership and authority as well. And then I'm going to continue to talk to you a little bit about changing your mindset and pushing yourself to the next level when it comes to being the CEO of your business. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, first of all, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on out there in the internet world as far as business is concerned, uh, making sure that everybody is being brought up to date or as much as I can on what's happening in, in the internet world as it pertains to your small business. So first of all, I definitely I want to make sure that everybody uh, by now understands and knows that Google, Yahoo, Microsoft Network, and many other browsers are now being very strict with how people look up your website, right? So pretty much now, all websites are required to have a secure socket. So you may see the SSL or the S behind the HTTP. Often you've seen that when you've tried to purchase things on the Internet because what it does is it scrambles the credit card or payment information and prevents people from stealing it. So now what all of the browsers, and of course Google is leader of the pack, have done is they said if you do not have a secure socket network for your website, meaning you have not purchased an SSL certificate for your website, then when people go to www.yourbusinessname.com, what they're going to get most of the time is that this is not a trusted site. And that can be very alarming for someone who's not familiar with what's going on, right? So what you need to understand is that if you have a website that's ending in a .com, a .net, .info, .org, or any other of the dot, um, domains that you may have purchased, you need to understand that you're going to need an SSL certificate. So what does this do to your budget? How does this impact your budget? Well, SSL certificates can cost anywhere from $45 to $200. It just depends on the size of your website. It depends on, um, you know, what type of security package you have actually purchased from the companies. And, you know, of course, whenever there are changes, the companies who become the service providers of this service are always looking at ways that they can make more money because now this particular thing is in demand, right? And that's actually what I'm seeing going on with Bluehost, HostGator, GoDaddy, and a lot of the others. Whereas you used to could purchase one type of SSL certificate, now they're trying to create different types of certificate levels that you can purchase. Also, when you purchase a certificate, you should know that it's only good for one year most of the time. And if you see deep, deep discounts, like $25 or $35, you should know that they are expecting for you to buy that certificate for like three to five years most of the time, okay? And so, again, I want you guys to pay uh, a lot of attention to that. And the reason why you want to pay attention to it is because, of course, it's going to impact your website, right? And many of you may already know that it's impacting your site. Many of people may have told you that, hey, when I try to go to your website, it says not to be trusted. So nobody wants to see that on their site. So what you're going to have to do is go ahead and purchase an SSL certificate and, and know that this is one of these mandatory charges that you're going to have to go ahead and add to your budget because it's something that you definitely need. Now, the good side of that is that if you need to add a merchant card, a payment system, um, or e-commerce part of your website, then you're not going to have to pay anything additional for that unless you choose to get like an e-commerce plan for a shopping cart and that kind of thing. However, you won't have to purchase another SSL certificate. Now, I'm 
people have really good hosting companies, and a lot of hosting companies realize that it could be a big impact on their business as well. So many of them have created a free standard SSL, which means that it automatically comes with the hosting package. Um, so you definitely may want to either give your hosting company a call, or you may want to go log online and look at your hosting package to see if the SSL is already readily available. For many of them, it is. I know for Bluehost, HostGator, um, some of the other more popular um, hosting companies, it is available. GoDaddy, however, I think they are making you pay from the very beginning. So again, you just want to take a look at this, discuss this with your webmaster, make sure you're up to par on all of the things going on um, security-wise with the internet and all of the new rules coming down the pike. Now, that is very, very important. You ladies, write this down, double-check it, and if you go to your website and it does not have HTTPS behind or, or before the domain name, that means that you don't have a secure socket and that your hosting company um, needs to be aware of that and inform you on the best SSL for your web hosting type, okay? Just, just saying. Um, another thing that is happening on the internet uh, has to do with social media, right? And so um, Amazon is getting in the game right now, and they are buying up some of the smaller social media companies. Um, and, of course, Facebook continues to lead the pack uh, with buying smaller social media companies. And, of course, they own Instagram. And um, from my understanding, it looks like Snapchat is going to be coming up under the Facebook umbrella. So a lot of things are going on social media-wise, so pay attention to that. Now, one of the things that I do know, and I'm a good example of this on Facebook with my fan page, and that is um, no matter how many people you have that are following you and that are your fans, you need to be completely aware that they are only going to show your post to about 3 to 5% of the number of people that are following you, okay? Be very, very aware of that because it's upsetting a lot of businesswomen. I'm having a lot of people saying, hey, I heard you mention Facebook on previous radio shows, and now I'm seeing that my post is not even getting out there. Well, I forewarned uh, you guys on my show, and for those of you who are long-term listeners, you know that I have talked about it and talked about it and talked about it, and now it is coming to pass. So here's something that you may not know. Okay, I'm still seeing a lot of people use their personal page for business. Now, is there anything wrong with that? Well, it used to not be anything wrong with it, but now because Facebook has changed its algorithms, now a lot of things are changing. Here's what you may not know, and you might be thinking that people are seeing your posts on your personal page, but that's not true. So what you need to understand is that if you're using your personal page on Facebook for the purpose of pushing out sales flyers, marketing flyers, announcements, and that type of thing for your business, what you need to understand is that you can see it and you can even click on your news feed and see it. And that's the trick. You may be clicking on your news feed and saying, okay, I see my post. So it's definitely going out wrong. Not necessarily so. You might be seeing it, but Facebook is not allowing it to be seen by any of your your friends or people who are following you, very few people might be seeing it, okay? So Facebook has begun to do kind of like a round robin, and they are tightening up, and they are starting to release um, this new algorithm on almost all of their Facebook. And why is, why is that? Why are they doing that? Because Facebook depends on personal pages to be engaging. They depend on you um, clicking on different links and clicking on different um, sponsored ads. They depend on you responding and making comments on your friends' pages. They depend on that. And they depend on you to let them know where you're clicking and where you're going and what you're interested in because they take all of that, combine it in statistics, and they're able to sell that to the bigger advertisers so that they can invest in Facebook, right? And so, you know, remember, there's power in free. And Facebook has proved to us 
that they started out as a free company and now are are a multi-billion dollar company and it it came from the power of free. So that's a lot of lessons learned for all of us who are thinking that there is no power in free. It is. You just have to know how to structure it. And of course, Facebook did a good job on us by, by logging in everything, by keeping up with everywhere that we were going. Now, they are trying their very best to abide by the privacy law and the right to express your freedom to express law by allowing you to go ahead and still post on your personal page and and, and have that show up in the news feed, but it doesn't mean from that point forward that they have to let anybody else see it. They're allowing you to express yourself. See, that's how they're getting around you know, a lot of uh, expression of freedom rules. That's how they're getting around a lot of things. So you need to be aware of that. Now, how do you, how do you begin to look at this and, and take this into consideration and add this as an advantage for your business? Well, it's easy. It's simple. Two things. Number one, you need a fan page, right? The reason why you need a fan page is because it allows you economically to advertise and push out information about your business on Facebook. But Facebook has also set up their fan page to be almost like a blog. It has several components and features that are just like a blog. So what that means is that it still can help you greatly in search engine optimization. A lot of the things that you're pushing out there subject wise can be seen on Facebook, you know, can be seen on, on Google, for example, through Facebook before it will be seen on your website. So there's still a huge advantage there. So still take advantage of your fan page. Now, the other thing is, is that you can do a group, okay? Because when you do your group, and as far as I know, when you push out information, anybody who voluntarily opted into your group will be able to see your post. Now, that may change because Facebook is always constantly changing. And one of the things that I did hear is that Facebook is going to start charging for those individuals who have groups that are a certain number higher than others. So for example, they may give you a free group and up to 500 people can join that group, but anything over 500 uh, and you know, based on various denominations, 500 to 2,500, just like hosting companies do, they will allow you to go ahead and pay for those services and they will allow you to have more features. So I do believe that it's coming because I've uh, seen some of my clients who have 20,000 people in their group, 30,000 people in their group. Facebook has already began to offer them some type of membership feature where they can actually charge for a membership. So it's coming and we're getting ready to see some new things hit the fan. So this is always, ladies, why it's so important for us to be um, trend watching and making sure that we keep up with everything. I can't talk about that enough. So very, very important. So one of the ways that you can trend watch is that you can go on Google and you can actually set up a Google alert that's going to let you know about Facebook changes right? And so before you set up that Google alert, just know that I always recommend that you actually set up a separate Gmail account for your Google alerts, that that's what that Gmail account is for. Because you can use, by the way, Google alerts for a lot of things. You can do Google alerts on your industry topic, Google alerts uh, on various keywords and subjects. So you can do Google alerts on a lot. So to learn more about how Google alerts work, just go to google.com and and put in Google alerts in the search bar and a wealth of information, of course, from Google on how to set up those alerts. So enough about what's happening on the internet world and social media, but I thought that I would let you know this because it's so important to trend watch and stay the know and keep out, keep your eye on what's happening social media wise. Remember, a lot of people um, missed out on the huge internet flood when it first started in the early 90s because uh, they were not trend watching. And so, again, we want to be trend watching and paying attention to how all of this is impacting our business, okay? Because it used to be that you didn't have to pay for advertisement. You could just put up your website and it was automatically, if it had good information, it was being indexed 
um, really well, and it might come up between one and 15 websites. Now, that is not the case, right? And so, again, we're having to do more things that are getting people to see us and see our website. So pay attention to that. Again, for station identification, you are listening to Successful Woman Radio. I'm Trina Newby, your host your business success coach and founder of Women About Biz. I'm so excited that you guys are here. I want to send some shout outs. I see that uh, we've got quite a few people on our Facebook Live, and I want to say um, hello to uh, my buddy Diana Lynn Bird. Hey, Diana, you've been having some beautiful pictures out there. I can't wait to get those. Carolyn Madden, hi, Carolyn, how are you? Erica Hill, hey, Erica, Cindy Duglin. Hey, Cindy, thanks so much for being on the show today. Keisha Strickland, hello. How are you? Long time no here. Monica Bailey, Colette Cheely, hello. All of these wonderful ladies I have met before, Denise Lewis and Felicia, um, hello. How are you guys doing today? Um, and I want to give a big shout out to people who have been longtime listeners on the Blog Talk platform. Hello, ladies. I hope that you guys are doing well. Um, I see, I think Charlene is on there from San Diego, California. Hello, my friend. Um, I hope to see you guys soon. I'll be in California soon. So just, you know, I'm so glad that all of you are here. This year, we are celebrating 11 years of being live on the air at Successful Woman Radio. And over that time, we have had more than five hundred thousand downloads of our radio show. I have had women introduce themselves to me from all over the world, Nigeria, Australia, Guyana, um, just so many places. Um, and I just want to say I am so grateful. A lot of people wonder, is it worth doing a blog talk radio show or is it worth doing an online radio show? And I would say yes. I would say that it has added hundreds, if not thousands, of new women um, to my database of women who have connected with me. So there are all kinds of ways that you can use the power of internet radio to reach a lot of people. Um, and so I am excited to say that at Women About Biz, we are yet offering another channel to our premium membership, which is going to be how to start your online radio show. I have over 15 years of experience uh, being online and have, you know, proven success uh, techniques that have gotten me wonderful clients and have helped to increase my bottom line. And so now I am ready to share that with you. I also want to remind you guys, guess what? We're getting ready to definitely debut our Real Estate Investors Channel. Um, I am so excited about that. LaShannon White, better known as the Wholesaling Queen, is the Director of Real Estate Investing at Women About Biz. And she is going to be sharing with, with women how to get into real estate investing, how you can uh, do everything, not only flip houses, but how you can get into the wholesaling end of it, which is really a very, very lucrative side. And so again, we're very, very excited and um, want to welcome aboard LaShannon White, the wholesaling queen, who is going to be the director of our women's real estate. Um, if you are a real estate agent, if you are interested in being a part of our real estate roundtable that we are creating, um, then you guys need to send me a private message if you're listening on Facebook Live. If you are on Blog Talk platform, simply send a quick note to member support at womenaboutbiz.net. Again, member support at womenaboutbiz.net. If you're interested in being part of our women's real estate investing program, uh, my husband and I have invested for decades now, and I can honestly say it's very lucrative for both of us. And uh, I am so happy that LaShannon White is coming on board. Um, you can get a sneak peek of the Real Estate Investors Channel by visiting womenaboutbiz.net and then closing your mouse over channels and clicking on Real Estate Investment. So you'll see it there. Uh, we're beginning to populate, going to begin to populate the channel, add more information there. Uh, LaShannon and I uh, just recently did a wonderful um, uh, audio that we're going to be giving away called The Power of Real Estate Investing. So all of that is coming down the pike. And of course, she's going to be coming on the show 
Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get her on on next Monday, but she's going to be coming on the show um, as well, talking about real estate investing, because definitely now is the time. It's about 1225 after the hour, and for those of you that have joined the show, you're listening to no other than Successful Woman Radio. I'm Trina Newby, your host and success coach. I want to go ahead and I want to share with you ladies um, information that I created for this year on gaining leadership and authority in your business. So I want to share with you the five questions of leadership and authority. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with number one. Number one, am I clear on my role as the CEO of my company? Now, for those of you who are new to the show, if you've listened to like the last three or four shows and you say, here she goes again, didn't she do that before? Know that these particular questions I remind you of every single episode all throughout the year. Why? Because uh, it begins to form a habit in your subconscious mind and you begin to take it seriously. So not only are you supposed to ask yourself these questions, but you're supposed to have some planning time to answer them. And you're not always going to have the same answer. It depends on what stage and what level you are throughout the year in your business. So am I clear on my role as the CEO of my company? Again, I want to encourage you, if you have not developed a position description for yourself, now you know you need to be doing that, right? Yeah, right? And so um, just bullet point, if you were to hire somebody else in your company, what would you want them to provide to you to let you know that the company is doing okay or how the company is doing? What what would you want them to know? I know that I would want to know um, what the sales goals are. I would want to know how the sales goals are doing. I would want to know how many leads are coming into the business. I would want to know how the marketing um, strategy is working, how that is working, where are people clicking at, what's going on with that. I would want to know who, what type of people are um, requesting information from the company and what types of information is it, okay? I think all of that is very, very important. So it's important for you to really assess as you create your position description, assess what is it that you need to know on a frequent basis about your company that's going to help you to have, guess what, a bird's eye view of how your company is doing. If you can't have a bird's eye view, if you don't know right now how much is in your checking account, what your sales goals are, how many leads you generated last week, um, where did the leads come from, then you're not doing your job as the CEO. Just saying, you got to stay on top of things. And sometimes as business women, we keep ourselves too long in that labor role, which is why we are not making money, right? And I, I don't know about y'all, but I want to see some some ching going in my checking account, right? Here's number two. What are my business priorities? Do you really know what your business priorities are? Um, if you're in the labor role, then you may have the wrong priorities as the CEO and leader of your company, right? Because in the labor role, it might be to fix this or make this or do that. But in the CEO role, your priority should be to know different types of information at your fingertips. You should have that in, in, at your fingertips. I want you guys to watch Bloomberg. You can go on Bloomberg.com, B-L-O-O-M-B-E-R-G. You can go on Bloomberg.com and you can learn a lot by looking at some of their interviews that they have done with CEOs. And I really, I really want you guys to do this as an exercise, okay? Go to Bloomberg.com, and I want you guys to click on some of the interviews that have been um, done in the past, and I want you to look at how the CEOs are talking. You will never hear the CEO say, well, um, I was down on the assembly line, and I was so busy assembling and putting these gadgets together, or I was down in the bakery line, and we were baking cookies, and I was, something was going on with the machine, so I had to do this, so I didn't have time to look up my fourth quarter sales. You'll never hear that. You only hear them talking from a bird's eye view, which is our, our second quarter sales is this. This is what we expect to happen second quarter 2019. This is how much money we brought in last year. This is how many new employees we're expecting to add. These are our goals coming up. This is how we're going to help consumers. That's what you hear the CEO saying. Why is that? Because the purpose of the CEO is to drive the vision 
of the company. And I tell you, I want to go back to what God tells us is where there is no vision, the people will perish, and ain't that the truth? And I want to liken that to business, where there is no business, where there is no vision, the business will perish, right? Because when you don't have your eyes on the vision, when you aren't sure of what your priorities are in your, your company, then what you're doing is just being busy, being busy, and, and you're not going to get the results that you are looking for. Here's number three, uh, and we just talked about that a little bit. Do I have a bird's eye view of the following areas, and which is so very, very important? So those areas include your daily workflow, your sales goals, your marketing strategy or funnel, your lead generation. Do you have a bird's eye view of those things? I can't talk enough about that. Here's number four in the five questions of leadership and authority. Am I allowing my power team to work for me and helping me to move my business forward? Okay, this is a huge thing, and a lot of people ask me all the time, what does it mean to have a power team? It's simply a group of people that you've already contacted. You're already, you already have established a relationship with. They have an expertise in a particular subject that you need to use for your business. It could be a graphic designer, an accountant, bookkeeper. It could be a web designer. It could be people who write articles. It could be um, someone who's really, really good at branding and putting colors together and, and knowing how to pull you out to, to make you look good in front of people. Whatever it is that you need, you should be developing a power team and you should be doing it as soon as possible. Now, these people don't have to know that they're on a power team because really that phrase is just coined for you to be able to segment and know what you're doing. But I definitely have a power team in my cell phone, okay? And I'm able to push a button and I'm able to then quickly quickly call people that I've already established a relationship with so that I can keep my business going at a faster pace. So power teams help you to be a better leader and they help you to push your business forward. Okay. Um, the number five question, drum roll, number five, do I have a delegation system in place to activate my power team? Oh, that's real big, right? That is so big because a lot of the times we have a lot of business women that are advocating, right? Advocating um, and, and just really, really not delegating. And there is a huge, huge difference, okay? And not advocating, let me correct that word, ad, uh, advocate. And so it's very, very different or abdicate. It's very, very difficult to understand this, but I want you to understand that it's very easy to abdicate, meaning to pass on a task to somebody and not ever pay attention to it again. You just hand it off to them. You're so happy to get that monkey off your back. You just pass that task to the person. And then what happens is that you're expecting that person to follow up with you. You're expecting that person to do everything that's going on in your mind when indeed you should not have abdicated. You should have delegated, right? Delegation is to provide a task to an individual, assign it to them with, with a description of how to get it done and what the expectations are, the deadlines, so that you will be able to hold them accountable. And then you have to also turn around and add follow-up times in your calendar to make sure that you don't let things fall through the cracks with that individual. So again, it's important for you to realize that there are two huge differences between delegation and abdication. And I want you guys not to be advocators. Don't ever advocate anything to anyone. I have a lot of clients often that come to me telling me that a certain person hasn't given them something in a long time, or they don't know what happened with their website. And I will say that, um, you know, I have been guilty of advocating as well. And it's not a fun place to be in. It's important for us as CEOs to always be on top 
of our business. I can't tell you guys how important that is. So if you're so glad to get rid of a task that you're advocating, you need to correct yourself right now and turn it back around and never delegate something to anybody that you haven't written a description for, that you have not set deadlines for, and that you have not given your expectations for because you'll be disappointed every single time. I know what I'm talking about. Been there, done that too many times to know what that's all about. So there you have it, five questions of leadership and authority. I want you ladies to schedule that planning time. I want you to ask yourself these questions whenever you can and as often as you need to to help keep yourself on track as the CEO and leader of your company. Um, how many of you are out there reading the book, The E-Myth, E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber? Um, that is going to, that is our book of the month uh, for both January, it was, and also for February. And so if you have not gotten your copy of E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber, um, now is the time for you to go and get your copy of that, okay? It's an excellent book. And um, the book gives a really poignant story about a woman named Sarah who took over a bakery <coughs> for her family. And then um, it goes through the problems that she had, and they give that story in the beginning. And then it goes on into explaining the three most important roles that must be played in every business. The whole summary of the book is that the author is trying to get us as small business owners to understand is that we don't have to be big businesses in order to have a franchise-like system running our business. In other words, for everything that we want to happen in our business, there must be a system in place for it. And he attributes that to being why McDonald's is so successful. I mean, come on, guys, we all know McDonald's has fallen short in, in recent uh, years in reference to the taste of their food. But branding wise, they are phenomenal, right? Now, isn't it amazing how something doesn't always taste so good, but branding wise, they are so phenomenal that it causes people to still use them as a last resort when you got to get something quick, you're hungry, you want to go to where? McDonald's, right? Now, some people say, well, I've never eat at McDonald's, but I do. I eat there from time to time. And while they have improved their menu, let me tell you, their system is always the same. Okay, I want a number one. I want a number two. I mean, they have really downpacked their system so that it's easy to train their employees who don't always necessarily have the best customer service, but their system and their branding is still very strong. So that just goes to show you that you can have some weaknesses going on in your company, but when you brand it and when you have a system that's in place and it works most of the time, that you can still make money. Okay, and we need to use that as a lessons learned, okay? Um, so definitely get your copy of E-Myth e Revisited by author Michael Gerber. I consider that indeed as a business Bible um, that every small business owner should indeed have in their success library. Now, speaking of that, you guys do have a success library, right? Mm. If you don't have a success library, why don't you have a success library? You should always have books readily available uh, on topics regarding your industry, on skills that you know that you always need to hone in on. You should always have books in your library. I know that we are in the digital world and we have Kindles. I have my Kindle here, as a matter of fact, ready to read an excerpt from um, E-Myth Revisited. However, I think it's important to have heartbound books as well or softbound books. And I have a wonderful success library, and I read my books all the time, just like I'm flipping a television channel. Here's a tidbit that um, will help you to understand the power of reading books that can really, really help you to expand your mind and help your business to move along faster. For every book that you read that's written by an expert, it's said that they normally have about 10 years of it. Experience. So you can imagine then if you read 12 books a year, that's 120 years of experience and wisdom that is embedding in your psyche, in your subconscious and allowing you to gain that much more knowledge, right? And so keep that in mind and always 
um, at the top of your month, know what book you're going to delve into for that month. You don't always have to have multiple books. Now, I'm an avid reader, and it's not uncommon for me to have three and four books that I'm reading just like I'm flipping television channels. It's not uncommon for me to do that. But when you're first starting out, just commit to one book per month. And that's what our book club is all about. Um, for those of you that are new to reading the e-myth, you will have to highlight it, go back over it. Uh, but again, the gist of it is to look at how systems can really help you to be very successful. And if you think systematic as a CEO, then you begin to fine-tune and carve your business into something quite successful. So that's what it's all about, okay? Um, I'm going to go ahead right now and go right into our hot topic of the day, which is a passion for follow-up. A passion for follow-up. Now, I have been the world's greatest procrastinator. I have to testify on this, okay? I have lost out on a lot of incredible deals because of my procrastination issues, okay? And I'm, I'm happy to report that I have got a grip and I have gotten, I would say, at least 80% better on, on those procrastination issues. But I will say that at times, when I am overwhelmed or when I have a lot going on on my plate, I have a tendency to procrastinate on my business. So I have set up things in place to help me move along with that. And I'm going to be talking to you about that. But why I'm sharing that with you is because you can learn from my failures more than you can my successes. So I want to share with you a couple of times that I have not followed up on things that have caused me uh, thousands of dollars and, and if not millions and, and caused me to lose good deals. Okay, so when I was in um, California, I had one of the first most successful conferences, uh, the Home-Based Business and Technology Conference. And it was very, very successful, but it was like one of my first times having a conference of that magnitude where thousands of people were going to be coming to the actual conference. And so I was quite overwhelmed. Now, this, let me see, 50s now. So this is about when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, okay? So I had everything planned out for the conference, had a checklist, had all of these different things, but what I didn't do was that I did not do a cash flow, and I didn't really budget as well as I should have, and so the, the money part of the um, conference is that we were losing money, and we were really, really far, be, uh, far below the amount of money we needed to pay the hotel, the speakers, and all of this type of thing. And so um, I was in crisis mode. Now, on the front side, I was doing really well because we were having people continually uh, registering for the conference. By the way, I should have charged a little bit more. We had people registering for the conference. Um, we had plenty of vendors signing up. We had a lot of things going on. And this is right when home business was at the peak Okay, at the peak. Um, and so as a result, the conference went on and it did extremely well on the front side as far as the speakers were well-known, renowned speakers in the home business industry. We had thousands of people coming up asking questions. But because I did not prepare and follow up properly on a lot of things, I lost out a lot, right? And hindsight, of course, is always 2020. But as a business owner, you have to go and you have to take a look at things. But I tell you, I was so disappointed in myself that um, we didn't make as much money in the conference and that things didn't turn out as I want to because I lost a lot. Um, I had a television network that approached me and wanted to talk to me about doing a, uh, a show on home business at the time. I was so freaking busy with what I considered the crisis that I allowed that to take over and control my mind so that I couldn't think of anything else. So I forgot about 
the home business show. I forgot about the television producer who had come to the event. Um, I was supposed to call him on that Monday after the weekend of the conference. There was a whole lot of things that I was supposed to do. Um, and, and I even, you know, I even went on my voicemail and saw that the network had called me like three or four different times. But this is what happened is that I became overwhelmed. I was disappointed because I felt like a failure behind the scenes on the financial part. It was successful on the front end. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody, um, does anybody know how it feels to, to put on an event and it's doing well on the front end in front of everybody, but behind the scenes, a little chaos is going on and you're trying to figure out how, how, to, how to fix it, how to repair it. And so you're so overwhelmed, you're focused on that. So I didn't follow up with the television network as a as a um, as as a point proven. I lost out. I lost out because that that one lack of follow up caused me to really lose out. And I never would have. I never know how it would have turned out. I may have been millions of dollars wealthier from being on television, which could have generated and, and moved on into some other things. So again. Um, that's a lesson learned. Um, another time, I had somebody that emailed me and said that they were very interested in me consulting them, and they were very interested in joining my network. Somehow, the um, email got lost. I put the email, I put a start on the email to flag it out. However, I don't know what happened, and I couldn't find the email again. I just couldn't. And so I couldn't get back in touch with the person, and so it fell through. I, I searched for weeks looking for that email. I felt like I was going crazy. And so as a result, uh, later on, the person connected with me again to tell me how disappointed they were in me and that they I wasn't interested in serving them, that I should have said so. Come to find out, it was a, a nation. Uh, wide, a well-renowned author of multiple, multiple books that is popular. I'm not even going to say the name. I, I think I'll embarrass myself too much. Anyway, um, I'm sharing this with you ladies to, to share with you how important the power of follow-up really is. And if you ask yourself right now, if you were to ask yourself right now, where would I be if I had follow up on several things that I should have followed up with? Would I be further ahead? Uh, for those of you who are listening Facebook Live, would you be further ahead if you had followed up on all of the things that you should have? Type in yes for me to just to let me know that you're listening at what I'm saying. Um, and those of you who are listening on Block Talk Radio, I know that you're with me, and I know that, that um, many times you email me after the show letting me know uh, how you how you feel about a certain topic and whether or not you identify with it or not. So continue to definitely do that. I see a, a chat just came through, a text just came through from one of my blog talk listeners. Um, and this is Cheryl. Cheryl says, Trina, yes, I went through almost the same experience of because I did not follow up on a project. I lost thousands of dollars in the respect of a colleague. Wow. Okay, so, you know, a lot of you are out there and a lot of you know exactly what I am talking about. And so as we talk about the power of follow-up, having a passion for it, this is what you need to understand and this is what you need to know. I want to define for you what follow-up means, Okay. Now, each business industry, you, whatever industry you're in, you're going to have to add to this description, right, because each business industry is a little bit different, okay? But what follow-up means is that it means to tend to a matter or an item with its speedy. It means to not only follow up, but to follow through with whatever expediency or item it is until the the final has been achieved, okay? Now, for those of you that are, many of you are in different industries, what you need to understand is that you need to go back and you need to ask yourself, what does follow-up mean to me 
in my business industry? What does it really mean? What should I be following up with as the CEO, as the leader in my company? What should I be following up with? Very, very important, okay? Um, And so follow-up means to tend to, okay, to mind to, to follow up with an item um, or something that you need to stay connected to until the desired result is achieved. And so a lot of the times, um, some people follow up and then they drop off. They may follow up once or twice and then they drop off. This is what you need to know. Um, reported by the Direct Marketing Association, it requires where follow-up used to require seven touches. It now requires 12 touches, right? 12 communications with individuals before they will often take action on something. So what does that tell you? Some people give up at one touch, two touch, three touch. Some people never even begin to even think about getting to seven touches. And I'm going to let you ladies know, I've heard a lot of women with attitudes too. And I don't know where the attitude comes from, but I've heard women say things like, I'm not going to be following up and running up behind people. Either they want what I have or they don't want what I have. You know, maybe that is a defense mechanism. Maybe it is a mechanism to help them push themselves forward. But to be honest with you, it's really not the attitude that we need to have because um, our clients, our customers are what makes us. Without clients, without customers, we cannot be in business at all. No money, no cha-ching in that checking account. So the client and the customer deserve the utmost of respect, and they deserve the priority in our business, right? And so we can't have the attitude of, well, I'm not going to give them um, seven times. I'm not going to keep communicating. I've called this person twice, and if they don't want what I have, tough. No, we can't have that kind of attitude. We really need to put ourselves more in a neutral standpoint, which is my rule of thumb is I'm going to continue to contact this person, and I'm going to develop a follow-up them for how I can contact people. And then after a certain amount of time, I'm just going to make sure that they are in my general mailing list so that they at least will hear from me every 14 to 21 days. And then maybe they'll come back around and connect with me, but they'll never be able to say that I did not try my very best to contact and connect with them. Okay. Very, very important. Okay. Um, how does it, and think about this, how would it sound if someone called you and said, well, I was very interested in your service, and you say to them, well, I called you once, and I wasn't going to call you anymore because I only call people one time. If you don't want my service tough, I mean, think about it. You know, that's not the the attitude that we want to come across to other people, and we may not say those very words, but sometimes um, when we're talking to people, they can read through the lines, right? So we want to be very careful about it. What's the solution? How do you begin to develop a passion for follow-up? How do you begin to have that? Well, the very first thing that you have to do to have passion about something is you have to want the end result. And I can't talk about that enough. How passionate are you about the end result you want for your business? How many of you listening today are in the of this broadcast, you want a six or seven figure income. How many of you really are passionate about that? Because you want that, then you have to become passionate about every stage and step in your business, right? So that's the first thing that has happened about follow-up. If you've had things falling through the cracks, if you've not been following through, maybe you feel like you've followed up, but maybe you haven't followed through, meaning until the desired result, Uh, Well, then you need to have a follow-up system, a process, right? Because what we've been learning in the E-Myth, for those of you who have been reading it, is that if you want a successful business, you have to develop systems. You have to put them in place, and and you as the CEO leader have to be the first person to follow the rules of the system, right? And so you need a good follow-up system. Now, what does that mean? Well, each business industry is totally different. For example, some industries' follow-up recipes might include an initial follow-up letter or email, phone call to schedule an appointment for a presentation to close the sale, while some require a simple phone call with a script. 
This means that you ladies must research and determine the best way to communicate with your prospects and then develop a bullet point outline so that you can start developing a system. Now, in your follow-up system, it should be complete with template letters that can be easily customized, um, marketing materials created, and, and, you know, the one thing that is very, very important is that if you should have phone scripts in your follow-up system. I can't talk about phone scripts enough. Phone scripts really, really help in your follow-up system because um, it, it's kind of like your guide or your companion to help you feel more comfortable with either cold calling or talking to other individuals, okay? So that's very, very important. Another thing in your follow-up system that you should have is you should have in place a customer relations database. Now, there are many, many um, online resources for that, but I'm going to give you one that is free and that is easy to set up, okay? Now, um, both of you or all of you know that I love Insightly, I-N-S-I-G-H-T-L-Y, Insightly.com. You guys know that I love that, and I use Insightly uh, for myself, but it is a little more difficult to understand. So what I want to recommend to you is a very simple customer relations manager called Capsule CRM, and it's free. Um, I believe it's free up to 500. I'm checking on that now as I, as I talk to you. I believe that it's free for up to 500 contacts. But there is a lot that you can do with that, and they pretty much give you full features on the free version of Capsule CRM. So, again, Capsule, C-A-P-S-U-L-E-C-R-M.com, C as in cat, R as in relationship, M as in man, okay, Capsule CRM.com. And, of course, CRM stands for Customer Relation Manager, Okay. Um, so, again, check it out. If you don't have a CRM that you're working with, I definitely would say go ahead and, and join that so that you have a place that you can manage all of the contacts and the follow-ups that need to take place for your business. So, very, very important. CapsuleCRM.com, okay? Um, and you guys will thank me for that because it's free and it is a powerful database that you'll be able to use. You can even incorporate it in your website if you want to. So as we talk about a passion for follow-up, we've defined it. We've talked about the, the importance of having a follow-up system. But one thing in the follow-up system that I really want to quickly recommend that I know a lot of people don't have, and that is you don't have a client or customer intake form. Now, if you have an e-commerce site, that's a little bit different. Okay, because when you have an e-commerce site, people are coming to your site without talking to you, looking at your products or services, and they're clicking on things. So what you'll have to have is you'll need to have a really good CRM that can connect with your um, site and take all of their name and information in there so that you can create uh, a biweekly e-newsletter and have sales items and that kind of thing, coupons, discounts, that type of thing. But if you're in the service-related business, then a client intake form is a must. And I know that a lot of you out there don't have one. But what a client intake form is, is that it asks the most important questions that you need to know from a client that really will allow you to take it and turn it right back around and close the sale with that client. So that is why it is so important for you to have a intake um, I can remember before I came up with my intake form, um, I remember talking to someone on the phone and they were telling me everything they need, and I was writing down all of the information except for, guess what, name, phone, telephone number, and email. How about that, right? Um, the person did call me back a couple of days later, but I was in panic mode because, you know, the person really needed my services. So, again, you really need a client intake form, and that is really going to help you with not only developing a good follow-up system, but closing the sale. So mark my word on that. So ladies, that's all I have for the power of follow-up right now, but stay tuned for next Monday because I'm going to continue. Now what I want to share with you right now is I have an awesome 
um, webinar coming up called A Passion for Follow-Up, and it's going to happen on, I believe, Thursday, the 21st of February at 12 noon Eastern time. And so to learn more about that, go to womenaboutbiz.net, okay, womenaboutbiz.net, hold your mouth over events, and from there you will see a passion for follow-up. Well, ladies, that's all we have for today. I have so enjoyed being here with you. Um, make sure you mark your calendar for every single Monday at 12 noon Eastern time. Come rain, shine, holiday or not, I'm here with you to give you the information you need to put to use right to, right away to be successful. Again, ladies, don't forget to let me know whether or not you're interested in being in our Real Estate Investors Roundtable. We're getting ready to kick that off, and many of you have uh, have told me in the past that you're interested in real estate investing, so don't forget that's going to be ran by our Director of Real Estate Investing, LaShannon White, uh, the queen of wholesaling. Look her up. She's done some incredible things for herself and real estate and now is helping others. Well, ladies, have an abundant and a productive week. And don't forget, if you don't be successful for yourself, nobody's going to do it for you. Hello? Have a great week, ladies. Bye-bye.